welcome to the Seeds Church Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on our Apple and Spotify podcasts. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message from our Sunday service. If you'd like to open up with me in the Bible, our reading today is from Luke 13, verses 18 to 30. It's Luke 13, verses 18 to 30. Then Jesus asked, what, if, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air perched in its branches. Again he asked, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? Is it like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough? Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Some asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. And you will see Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast of the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and the first who will be last. Amen. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, worship team. Once again, it is a great privilege to open the Bible at Seeds Aberfoyle and see what God has to speak to us at this moment. Uh, so I'm going to be speaking on those that last part of what Sarah just read out from verses 22 to 30. Uh, just a couple of things I want to say before I get into the text, and that is one is uh, thank you to Peter Bates for last week. It was good, wasn't it? Enjoy that, and uh, if you missed that, please... Uh, would you catch up online and uh, you can see what Peter offered to us. Um, apart from long service leave, I've actually never mentioned in my entire time uh, of being in ministry that, I've ever take, that I'm going to take leave. I just disappeared. Uh, but several people close to me suggested that it would be good for me to mention this. So I'm taking leave from Tuesday uh, this coming week and I'm off for four and a bit weeks. I'm just letting you all know that's, that's where I'll be. I haven't disappeared off the planet or anything like that. Uh, we have a great team to take care of things in my absence. And uh, I try to, as much as I can, model hard work as well as model taking your annual leave. And I do have a very... I have extremely large leave balance that I need to draw down on, so I'm, I'm going to draw down on that. 
Uh, of course, as many of you are aware, we are looking for several staff positions. Already been mentioned this morning, we're looking for a finance officer, a young adults pastor, and I am pleased to let you know that we have recently submitted the paperwork that will go in uh, to enable a search for an associate pastor to happen. So we are moving in that direction. Ashley, do not <laughs> applaud. For those who are online, Ashley's been applauding, so we'll just keep. I strongly rec- recollect, Ashley, we voted you until 2024 at a congregational meeting. Back to business. We um, will keep you informed as to how things progress, and our hope is that it will happen in a not-too-distant future. But if you could pray... Pray for all these things. Pray that God will show and lead and bring exactly the right people that we need at this time to serve the needs of the church. And then, of course, today, I believe, is the fifth birthday of Outpost Uniting Church. Outpost makes two, or makes, is the first of the churches we've planted in the last five years. Uh, and they turn five today. How good is that? That's so exciting, isn't it? So we sent a team there five years ago, or a bit over five years ago, under Shane and Christy Rayner, and it is a great joy to see them reach this uh, maturity and milestone. So why don't, why don't I pray for them now and ask God's blessing upon them? That's the best thing we can do. Lord, we, we thank you for Outpost Uniting at McLaren Vale. And we thank you that they hold you above all things, and that there were a heap of people here that were willing to leave and to go and to establish something new at McLaren Vale. We ask, Lord, for a blessing on them, uh, on their life, on their families, and on the ministry. And we ask for a favour in that area, on that church, Outpost Uniting. Particularly today, as they celebrate this afternoon, may it be joyful and joyous as they remember where they have come from, but hold with hope where they are going. May you rise up further in their midst. May you bless them with numbers and finances and and good things in their community, Lord Jesus, that people would see you through them and many would enter the narrow door of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Amen. If you could turn with me or if you've still got it open to Luke 13. And the context is that Jesus is still heading towards Jerusalem. Remember, some months ago I spoke about that and exactly what that means. And I think we're told this to remind us again that Jesus' mind is set. He knows what his mission is and he knows what his purpose in life is. He knows that his time is limited. And he's only appearing for just this short time and he wants people to catch hold of that and grab hold of that and to make use of that at this particular moment. And he's urging people to enter into the kingdom while they have chance. Now, the text tells us that Jesus was teaching. And some of us might go, well, what was he teaching about? That's why I had the previous verses read, because look with me at verse 18. It says this, Then he said, How can I picture God's kingdom for you? And then look at verse 20. He tried again. How can I picture God's kingdom? So it tells us in the context that Jesus was preaching about the kingdom of God and entrance to the kingdom of God, how the kingdom of God operates, what the kingdom of God is all about. 
and facets of the kingdom. So in this context, it is directly related to the kingdom. Jesus is asked a simple question that leads to a profound and a staggering answer from him. Verse 23. Let me just, I'm just going to highlight this text for us uh, as we go through. Verse 23 says this. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? Now, in that time, in that era, you need to understand it was a very common uh, and a popular belief that apart from some really bad people, and I don't know how they were uh, differentiated from the really good people, there's some, apart from some really bad people, all of Israel would be saved. All, all the Jewish nation would be saved. So it's fair to assume that the person asking the question was meaning... In, in their mindset, as they were framing the question, was meaning Jews only. And when we read on, we can certainly see that Jesus' answers would have shocked those who were listening at that particular moment. And that's what I want to open out for us today. It's a very simple sermon I've got for us at this moment. And I have four points. I'm going on leave, so I've given you one extra, just to tie you over for the next few weeks. Okay, so four points. Here we go. I'll remember read um, verse twenty. So we've already read verse 23. Let me read verse 24. And he said to them, make every effort. This is an answer to the question. Only if you're going to be saved. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, many, I tell you, will try to enter and not be able to. It's clear then that in the context that the door Jesus is referring to is the door to the kingdom of God. To heaven, to the, to the presence of God. It's not a fancy sliding door that, you know, you turn up to the, the supermarket or the shopping centres that want you to come in. It's, it's not one of those. It, it doesn't open automatically for you. It's, it's almost like a side door that's not immediately obvious. It's a tradesman's entrance, if you, if you know what I mean, around, around the corner. Notice too, Jesus' definition of the door in, in response to that question is it's only a small door. It's not a wide open space where people can stumble through. The, the, phrase, the phrase here, make every effort, in, in his answer can be translated legitimately to the word strive. And, it, and it's even on the stronger end of the word strive. So work really hard, like struggle with might to get there. In, in other words, what Jesus is saying is that you actually have to purposely seek out the narrow door. And it's something that requires determination and deliberation. You have to be very deliberate in gaining access. Now, now the sense I get here, in, in case you think I'm preaching a, a works theology, because I'm not, it's, this, this is the only reason we're getting through this door is because of grace, the grace of Jesus. But, but the sense here that I get is it's, it's not something that you, have to, that you earn. You don't earn the, ent- the right to entrance into the door, but it's something you have to desire. You have to want. You have to have to to, to 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 engage in the process to enter through the narrow door. So so Jesus is saying to those who are listening, the, the door to the kingdom is not as open as some might think. In fact, he says, and this is shocking to those who heard him, it's not a birthright. It's it's not because of your ethnicity, it's not because of where you're located. There's another reason. 
Now, for the Jews listening, this is, of course, very shocking. You, you mean to say, Jesus, they'd be thinking, that we don't automatically gain entrance. But, but you can hear them say, we are the chosen race. We've been told this. That might be true, says Jesus. But you have to choose for yourself. You're chosen, but do you want to choose back? And the choice is right in front of you. Either you choose Jesus or you don't. You choose to follow Jesus or you don't. Either you live his way or you live your way, but both of those have, have a consequence. Now, now I can hear it now. It's, this is a very easy one to apply to our life. And I'm sure your head has already gone there. Because I've heard many comments about this in our context my grandfather was a lay preacher in the Methodist church. I'd like a hundred bucks every time I heard that because I'd be retired. There's a lot of lay preachers back in the Methodist days. I've been a good person. I've heard that. You hear that? I live a good life. I don't lie or cheat or kill anyone. I've given to the church before. I certainly always give to the Salvo's appeal. But here Jesus is saying the door to the kingdom of heaven, to eternal life, it's not a roller door in front of a shed. It's a rear access that takes a little bit of getting to. You don't fall into it with some good intentions. It's a deliberate step. It is a decision of choice. Now, now let's, let's dig this a little bit deeper for for, for I wonder if the image of the narrow door, it's, it's interesting he uses that narrow door, isn't it? And for a big person, I don't like narrow doors, really. <laughs> they always hit my head or my sides or something. But I wonder if it's meant to suggest that in, in its narrowness that we cannot bring anything with us. No extra things, only ourselves. No attachments. No achievements. No resources. Only, only us. And, and I wonder too, if that's why verse 24 says, many, I tell you, will try to enter and not be able to. You see here, we, this is a big problem for us. Like we, we run into this. It's, it's like a big guy running into a little door, really. Like this, this is an issue for... For we are attached to a lot of things, aren't we? Aren't we? We are attached to a lot of things. And those things stop us from moving easily, from moving smoothly, quickly, and, and in this case, slipping through the narrow door. Our focus, our focus this, this, is what, this is what hangs us up. Our focus is temporal, not eternal. And we, we grab hold of things that are here and now rather than lifting our eyes and looking what is to come. Our eyes are low and we, and, and we settle, don't we? We settle for small things when we're offered much more. Many years ago, I, I had the, the privilege of having a subscription to the National Geograph magazine. And I, it's, a, it's a love looking through the National Geograph. The articles were okay, but the pictures were sensational. I just remember this is being recorded. So anyway, um, what, there's an image uh, out of the many images over the years that I, I read National Geographic. There's an image that still haunts me. And I, I might have shared this before, so forgive me if you heard me say this before. Um, but it's, it, 
It's of a man, there's a picture of a man in, in a cave. And I don't know about you if you're, if you're claustrophobic, but I, really tight spaces, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of really, really tight spaces. And this image was of this man in a, in a cave that, that was horizontal. And he, it, was, it was a narrow passageway between two chambers. And he was crawling through it and he had to push his breathing apparatus in front of him. And, and there was only just enough room for him, but not enough for him to move and breathe at the same time. So he couldn't expand his lungs and move. So he had to choose as he was moving through this narrow passageway. Is, is, this, is this disturbing anybody? <laughs> It's, it really does, it's, I wish I'd have kept it because it's, it's quite, it was quite an image. He had to choose between, between moving forward and breathing. And it was quite a long, it took, took him quite some, quite some minutes to get between those two passageways. But he, every time he wanted to move forward, he had to expel his breath, move forward, enough room to breathe, expel his breath, move forward. We, see, the, the choice is the same for us. A narrow door or have our hands full, our arms full of, of things. What, what, do we, what do we want the most? Entrance into the kingdom or temporal what we've got at this moment, hanging on to it? We can't have both. Second point. Not, not only is the door narrow, but there also comes a time when the door is shut. Verse 25, once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you've come from. Where, where I used to live in St. Mary's, where we, we lived a few years ago, we had a framing and printing selling business at the end of the road. And it was the end of the road that I'd, I'd come down every day as I travelled up to seats. The funny thing about this shop, which is on a corner, one of those corner of, uh, I can't remember the street, but it was on South Road and, and another street. Uh, there, there was always a huge sign hung at the front which said, closing down sale. <laughs> 15 years closing down sale. As a, as a cracker of a closing down sale. It's probably the longest closing down sale in human history, possibly apart from a carpet store. Carpet stores are longer. I would like... I reckon carpet stores and, and print framing stores, they probably act in slow time, don't they? And everybody else says normal time, but there's slow time, so they're closing down, it's only a couple of months, and for us it's two millennium. Uh, what, what Jesus is telling us here is that the door is open now, but it's a limited time offer. A limited time offer. And unlike a carpet store or a framing store, 200 years closing down sale, this, this is a limited time offer and it will end. So not only is the door narrow and unable to be accessed by chance, we've got a limited time and after that it will be shut. The fact that the door to heaven will be closed can cause many people to call, call God unfair. And we reason that the fact heaven is not open for everyone for all time is somehow unjust or is not right. But we love to have our cake and eat it, don't we? 
Because if we're real about this, this is how some of us want to live. We want to master ourselves only and then be accepted having lived a life under our own rule and our own guidance and our own way. We want to be accepted into some sort of nirvana with arms open wide. It's a no consequence, no accountability religion that we make that suits us. This is not what Jesus is saying. Because all along in the Luke's gospel, we've been confronted with the question, who is Jesus? And what do we decide about him? And that question comes to this point and we now find it has consequences with how we answer it. And has repercussions for how we live our life now and the life hereafter. You know, you, you remember what I've been saying virtually all this year. We have to listen and obey. You remember me saying that? Yeah, you do. It's good. Listen to what God says and then obey it. Or in other words, strive to enter the narrow door before it's closed. It sounds harsh, sounds unfair, but in reality it's our choice. We are the ones who make decisions. We, we, we are in full control. We have the option. Yes or no. We're not, we're not victims. Certainly not passengers. We get to choose. Third point. And of course, there is the outcome. And the outcome is some will miss out. Halfway through verse 25. And let me read it to you from the message translation. It just changes the, the outcome a little bit. Well, one day you're going to be banging on the door wanting to get in. But you'll find the door locked and the master saying, sorry, you're not on my guest list. And you'll protest, but we've known you all our lives only to be interrupted with the abrupt. Your kind of knowing can hardly be called knowing. You don't know the first thing about me. And this is when you'll find yourself out in the cold, strangers to grace. You know, quite a few months ago, actually at the end of last year, I sketched out which part of passages we were going to be speaking on and what it was looking like and, and who was going to do what and how. And, and, you know, yesterday I'm like, man, why did I pick this passage for myself? <laughs> this, this is a hard passage, isn't it? This is, this is solid stuff. It, it's hard because right here in front of us, even in the message translation, which, which often softens things, we read about the rejection of some people. Now notice in the verse there is some sort of banter at the gates of heaven. Presumably, this, this is at the narrow door. But Lord, we, we know you, they say. And God says, you, you don't know me. You, you, hung, you hung around me, but you never developed anything more than, than a casual relationship with me. But they say, we ate, we ate with you. We, we, we shared McDonald's with you. We, we drank with you. We listened to you when, you when you talk. And the reply will come back again. Your, your, your shallow friendship doesn't, doesn't do it when it comes to opening this door. The, the, the thing is, thing is, we, we, we all know someone like this. We, we all know the sports tragic who knows everything about the game and, and who knows exactly what the coach should, should and shouldn't do but has never, ever played in their life. Don't we? We know people like that. 
We know people who wear active wear who, who are never active. It's a good thing I can't see you very well because I'm not looking at anybody in particular. We, we know people who have hundreds, if not thousands of books, but have never read one, don't we? We know people who, who criticise leaders of all persuasions, but have never led anything in their life. We know people who have multiple university degrees and have never actually been active in their profession. We, we know food critics who cannot cook. The list goes on, doesn't it? And Jesus is saying here to anyone who cares to listen, there is integrity in the kingdom of God. There is no falseness. There's no pretenders. There's no tricking your way into the narrow door. You don't have to earn it. It's clear from this, you have to know someone. It's not what you do. It's who you know. That's all that counts. That's the bottom line. That's where he's going with all this. And that's why his answer to them was it's so complicated, it's, but it's not really super complicated because it's about relationship. Do you know Jesus? So how about you? How about you who are, who are listening to me or, or watching me right at this very moment? Do you know Jesus? Is he an acquaintance? Or is he intimate? Is he a casual friend, uh, one of the many thousands you've got, or is he someone who you relate to all the time? What about us? Do we know Jesus? You see, I I believe we, we are far better off to resolve this question now than when the door is shut, of course. When, when will it shut? Well, it's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. I, I, I'm not sure I know when it will shut. Will it be your death? Probably. Will it be when Jesus returns? Probably. Is there some other time we don't know about? Probably. Again and again, Jesus brings us to a choice to follow or not, to listen or not, to obey or not. And the choice has consequences and the consequences are individualistic. They are for you and you alone. It won't matter if your mother ran the Sunday school for 30 years and she has a plaque on the wall testifying to her name. It won't matter if you think of Jesus at Christmas and Easter. It won't matter if you went to a Christian school. It won't matter if you have a Bible on the shelf. You see, God has no grandchildren, only children. So what are you? Are you a child of the living God, relationship with Jesus, or are you standing at the door that's closed? Only you can answer that question, and only you get to live with those results. So fourth and final thing, I'm nearly finished. And this is the bit, this, here, here's the heartwarming stuff for us. Yet for the original hearers, this, this would have rocked their world. Verse 29, people come from the east and the west, the north and the south, and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom. See, not only is it a door, it's now entrance into a banquet hall. Indeed, verse 30, indeed there are those who will be last who are first and first who will be last. And so here we find out there are others who have come from other parts outside of the nation of Israel to enter the narrow door. And what's more, to have a feast at God's table. Do you notice where they come from? 
all parts of the globe, which I would assume includes us. How good is that? If we so want to walk through the open door. I love that the door is open to all, even to us, even right at this very moment. And we get to sit at the table, the great feast laid out for us in the presence of God. For those, with all those who choose to, to, to choose God, to celebrate, to eat and drink. And I, I imagine to laugh and to fill with joy, have a great time. The best party we've ever, ever been to. To sit with God and to be with our family. So what does it mean for all of us? Let me wrap it up. I think the meaning is straightforward and it goes like this. We should be sure that we respond to the one who brings the kingdom. It's a, it's a trap to think we automatically qualify by birth or cultural connection or some other way apart from Jesus. The only way is through Jesus. He is the narrow door and it's personal relationship with him that enables us to enter. Let me lead you in prayer. Let's just, let's just spend a moment, quiet moment thinking about the relationship that we have with Jesus. It is a graceful, beautiful, open invitation relationship. And it requires us to choose it. The narrow door is open. Do we want to walk through it? And I wonder this morning, and I just ask you to, even if you're at home, to close your eyes. And ask yourself that question, have I chosen Jesus? Can I say with integrity, I have a relationship with Jesus? And if so, that's great. If if not, maybe today is the time to choose. In fact, today is the time to choose. Today is the time to choose and say, Jesus, I want that relationship with you. I need to walk through that narrow door. I need to hear you and obey you today. If you, if you want to choose Jesus today, maybe just as a step of faith, you, you might just raise your hand or, or you might just connect with my eyes somehow and, and let me know if you want to choose Jesus. Amen. Amen. And if you're online... Maybe let me know somehow. There's ways to get hold of me. Let me know somehow that you've chosen Jesus. Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We, we choose you. We lift our hearts more than anything else in surrender to you. And say, I want to I walk with you now and I want to walk through that narrow door to be with you in the feast of the kingdom. We surrender our lives to you and worship you with how we act, with what we say, with what we respond to.
We thank you that you've made a way when there was no way. That that it's only through you, through your death and resurrection, that we can enter through that door. And we praise you and we thank you. And we receive that gift of grace to walk through there. And we do so with our hearts filled with faith, knowing that you're waiting for us, guiding us and leading us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. We hope you join in with us next week. For more information, you can visit our website at seedschurch.org.